0: Do not think I'll quit until I get the release inside me, and uh, I will keep teaching on this because it's so important. I think there's a lot missing in the church in this area. Sometimes you want to, as a pastor, you want to go to some other area and teach because there's so much to to convey to believers. But I feel like this is so important because there are a lot of questions about healing, So many questions. They are hard to address. So many. And uh, I want to address this. Hey, what's going on? Uh, uh, I want to address this because it's so, so important. Let me tell you a secret. Most mornings when I pray, I always declare my healing if you come around you probably think I'm sick but I have no symptoms nothing I always declare I am healed I always do that to the Lord and I thank him for it constantly for it do you feel symptoms I do from time to time but i have decided this is not part of me and please i am not your standard this is your standard so don't say well pastor good believed in healing and this happened to him if you go there you're totally wrong this is your standard it doesn't matter what happens to me i'm still living the book amen and i'm growing from grace to grace So I am not your standard. But by the grace of God, in this matter, I'm not where I used to be. And I can show you some things. I observe a lot. Most times, people don't think I am. But I listen. Words are very important to me. What you're saying to me, they stay with me. If we're having an argument and you say certain things... I don't forget. If Later I can pull them back to you. It's not for bitterness, It's just the way I am. Words are very important to me. I need to pray. Father God, I just ask for your presence here tonight. Spirit of the living God, minister to us tonight. Your people are gathered before you. And we need to know your word. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The knowledge of your word. So that we can be transformed from glory to glory. In Jesus name. Amen. Have you noticed something? We've had a lot of healing take place here. I saw it with my own eyes. Do you hear a lot of words about it? You know why? Unbelief. Unbelief. That's the strongest force in the church. People don't talk about it. You know why they don't talk about it? Sometimes when people are healed, you know, they want to wait. To be sure that this is not, this is real. Okay? It's real. I don't want to say something and then later come up, come to church, hobbling. Huh? After I said I had been healed. So I want to go for the next two days making sure I am walking rightly before I say a word. Because if I say a word, guess what's ministering to you? Unbelief. And guess what happened? Comes right back. That's what is happening in the church. But the scripture says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, And by what? The word of their testimony. Testimony of what they believed God had done. Satan was still fighting, right? And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by what? The word of their testimony. So Satan's strategy, don't say a word about God doing anything to you until you are really sure. Well, if you were there, guess where you are? Unbelief. That's the problem. You got to feel. So the, the thing you're looking at is feelings. And God works by faith and not by feelings. If you can boldly say it from your mouth and testify before God's people, God's healed you. You've closed the door for Satan. He can't come back. That's what's, that's what's happening. Talk to Benny Hinn. They deal with this same issue everywhere because Christians haven't learned. To open their mouth. By the word of your mouth, you are justified. By the word of your mouth, you are taken captive. What you say is so important. Am I concerned about it? No. Because I believe if Satan is dumb enough to bring it back, I can go back and pray for them to get well. I'm not worried about it. God's going to get them well again. So that's the major problem. Christians won't testify. I was in a meeting in Nigeria and uh, the same principle holds over there. It's the principle of unbelief. Let me show you a scripture. I'm totally off from what I prepared, okay? Let me show you a scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. The principle of faith and then the principle of unbelief. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen. And since we have the same spirit of faith. Spirit, faith is what? A spirit. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed... And therefore, I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. When you are operating in unbelief, you can't speak. You can't testify. Even if God has already done the work, you can't say it. You're afraid. And fear is the opposite of faith. Faith attracts miracles. Fear will attract destruction. Pain, misery. That's the thing. Fear and faith, they operate in the same way, opposite direction. But when you have the spirit of faith, you speak. When you, I, 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 generally, after the meeting, I was watching what people were doing. I don't have anything to prove. I've seen healing all over. But I'm watching you and me. Please don't receive it as a rebuke, okay? We are still growing, we are learning, okay? But when you can't say boldly you have been healed, touched by God, Satan has got you. There is unbelief there. And and you need to understand something. This is so important. When an evil spirit is gone out of a man, he goes walking on drugs. That was just a principle Jesus was teaching us, not just demons. When an evil spirit is gone out of you, when God does a work in your life, the enemy is not happy. He wants to go, not to another person, the same body. Two areas of your life Satan wants to attack. Your mind and your body. That's the only thing. If he can't get your mind, he's going to get your body so that your mind will comply with what you're feeling and he's got you. And if he can't get your body... He'll try to get your mind. Once he's got your mind, he's got your mouth. And once he's got your mouth, he's got you. Because you're speaking what he's told you in your heart. But if you refuse that, and you stay with the word of faith, we have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore, I speak. If you can't speak, I know where you stand. Amen. I know where you stand. Because faith is bold. You got nothing to prove. That's the issue here. You know, I've heard some testimonies. I'm not talking about everybody. I've heard some testimonies of people healed while they are still sitting back there. Even before they were prayed for. But I felt like I needed to come back. And let you understand. Now, let me say this. We're talking about healing. The ways of God. The principles that they worked in the same way. Your finances in every area is the same principle. And just using healing is the same principle. If you can't say with your mouth that Jesus became poor so that I can become rich and you voice it with your mouth by faith, "I am rich without a feeling of condemnation, you'll never get there. There's no miracle coming to you. You're wasting your time. because it's the same. Spirit of faith. With healing, finances, your marriage, your children, every area. Faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. That's all, that's all we got. It's the same principle. If you understand one principle, you can transfer to the next principle. And generalize to all of them. It's so important. But what you have in the church is a lot of unbelief. I tell you what's going on last week i shared with you how i struggled with unbelief (laughs) you don't believe pastor they said well i was struggling it wasn't about the healing service I, i just don't know i just know there's something in there you understand what i'm saying i want god to see god do a lot i want great miracles in my life and and all of that and usually by the grace of god i'm not afraid of anything I, I guess some of you heard, I told, uh, Mama was sharing on that Sunday, we had a healing service, Mama from Georgia. Some of the things she was telling me, I, I couldn't remember. She was reminding me of things that we did. And she talked about me bringing this uh, boy that couldn't walk, been, couldn't walk for two years. And I said to her, make, make him walk and walked away. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even remember that I did that. I just knew the boy was healed. But that's the thing, and we have to fully understand. So again, it's not a question of proving, it's for you to understand that God wants to use you in all of these areas. I had people healed before I became a minister. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, in the name of Jesus, I was doing things that ministers didn't even they couldn't understand what it is how are you able to do this i have to teach ministers who have been to bible college they have they have their church and i mean i'm not bragging understand what i'm saying because god shows you and after god shows you he says come out of the boat and walk amen some of them are hesitant because they don't have the understanding the revelation but once god gives you that you can walk out of the boat. But the greatest struggle I have is around Christians who don't believe. Uh, and they are very free to let you know they don't believe that. Brother, good luck, you are taking it too far. I many he heard that? How are you going to pray for the sick in the presence of a man who's told you, you are taking it too far? And you know he's watching. You've never been there? You want to be there. It's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun. It's really not. It's very hard. Basically, you have to overcome all the unbelief around you before you can deal with the situation. And sometimes you're wondering, am I taking this too far? I do that. What is wrong with me? Why do I keep charging? What if I was wrong? And guess who is ministering to me at that point? The enemy. But because of what's happening to the brothers. So you tend to say, well, what about that brother? He was very holy. And look at what happened. Maybe I'm not thinking. Maybe there's more I need to know. You understand where I'm going? There's more I need to know before. I, maybe I don't want to make mistakes. Tell me one Christian who wants to make mistakes concerning the word of God. And those things hold us back. And i found that, that people who have unbelief, they are not ashamed to express their unbelief. They don't hold back. They tell you straight, let's be real, brother, good luck. Let's be real. You're taking it too far. Well, I don't believe that. Well, if you really believe that, why don't you go to the hospital and heal all of them? You heard that? If you really believe God wants to heal everybody, go to the hospital. And they get really upset. And I was amazed. I'm going to be very open to you. I was amazed some of the people in church that I highly respect. When we start talking about this subject, they're on the other way. And they're peppering you with questions and they're upset. I used to think, oh God, what is going on here? Maybe they're right. What's happening? Those are the things we have to deal with. Then I had to make up my mind. I don't he's not my Jesus. She's not my Jesus. I'm not gonna listen to them. Amen. I'm gonna keep walking with God. Nobody is my standard, and I'm not your standard. He is your standard. This book is your standard. And if you believe this book, God will walk with you. Anybody, God is looking for somebody, just somebody. So what I'd like to do is stay away from people who talk that way. Amen? And if I can't stay away once they start, walk to the next room. (laughs) It's just the way it is. The great unbelief that is troubling the church. And it's, it's all over the place. And we need to get away from that. I firmly believe, even if something guys never would never had in my family, immediate family, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but when Tojo was born, uh, he, I guess we got him home, and the next day he was back in the hospital. And uh, he was there in the medical center with several doctors studying his case because he was so different. And they'll be telling me uh, this is what's going to happen before he's 16, he's going to need a liver transplant. Your life's going to change. They tell me right to my face, those doctors. From now on, you got to find some support groups, people to, that have the same, similar kind of problem with a handicap and, and then they call from Austin, he's going to be mentally retarded. And, but I dealt with that issue while I was a Sunday school teacher. In Georgia, uh, I dealt with it then, because I said in the class, God said I will bless the fruit of your womb, and they won't forget. If you ask Mama, she still remember because we had a serious argument in that class. I was my, their Sunday school teacher. They told me, brother, good luck. You've taken it too far this time. So no one could forget, because I told them I said God said you will bless the fruit of the womb. And I asked them, would you consider the fruit of the womb, what's that? That's the child, right? So who who is going to receive the blessing? The child, right? I will bless the fruit of your womb, okay? So the child is going to be blessed because the child is the fruit of the womb. And I asked them, what if the child is born and the liver doesn't work? And the eyes cannot see. Would you take that to your Muslim friend and tell him, this is the way God has blessed my child? The Muslim friend will tell you, okay, uh, tell this your God to keep keep blessing your child, but please don't let him come to my house. if That's the kind of blessing he blesses. And they didn't like that at all. Then my son was born, and the doctors were telling me he's going to be mentally retarded. And... Angela's brother and sister, they're pediatricians, and uh, he's an expert, and they were in my home. And Angela's sister, very tough, very knowledgeable, she was talking to me. I think she thought, you don't understand the problem you you are in. And she talked to me real hard one morning. We're sitting in our living room, if it be my old house. And I told her, I said, look, I know you know what you're saying. I'm not telling you you are not a good doctor. But what you're telling me now, I dealt with it in 1985. She looked at me, 85? I said, so this is going nowhere. And I cannot give her a brief understanding of what I was talking about. I said, this is what I dealt with. And I finished it then. I'm not praying about it. This is going nowhere. And that's what God did. It didn't go anywhere. You see Teju, here. He hardly makes a bee. But you got to prepare yourself. You got to prepare yourself. And that's what I was telling you about, you know, my prayer. I'm being very open to you. It's not like I'm afraid of anything, but I kept telling my body, you're not going to welcome any kind of disease. No. Amen in prayer will that be about tomorrow I don't know but I know what the Bible says and that's what I'm saying I have no knowledge of what's gonna happen tomorrow but I'm gonna stand by the Word of God I don't want to be weak when the doctor says this is happening I have to have something to fight with so I start fighting now before we get people who go to soldiers before they go to uh, the war fronts, don't they have to Go through training. Well, i go through my training before I get there because I don't want to get there know, <laughs> Get your training. So important. God wants to heal everybody. That's my belief. Will people die? Oh, yeah. Even if I pray for them and they don't get healed, they die, this still won't bother me. I made up my mind. I told the Lord this morning, I really don't care. Because I'm not going to please anybody. I'll keep praying for the sick. If this one doesn't get healed, i try the next one. <laughs> Someone's going to get healed. That's just the truth. Because God cannot lie. God's words it must be fulfilled. God wants everybody healed. When he sent the disciples out, and I have things I want to share with you tonight. That's if you're interested in praying for the sick. And then let me tell you this. Jesus has commissioned every one of you here to heal the sick. Amen. Not just pastors. Every one of you. Every one of you can. God may work more in a person's life than another person. But every one of you can heal the sick. And I'm going to give you some secrets today about praying for the sick. And it's from the scripture. So you know in luke chapter 10 it says beginning from verse 8 let me read verse 1. it says after these things the lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go so jesus sends them 70 of them first they were 12 and then he picked 70 of them because the number needs to grow the field the harvest is what great laborers are few he didn't say pray for the harvest He, he said pray for laborers people to do the work and here he got he had 70 of them and he sent them just like he sent the 12 and gave them the same commandment the same command to do exactly what he asked the 12 to do so we got 12 okay now we have 70 and then we have 120 Now we got everybody. That's the way the word of God goes. It says in verse 8, it says whatever city you enter, that's whatever city he himself is planning to go there to do some work. What is he going to do? Heal the sick also. Save the people. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as, as set before you and heal the sick. And uh, heal the sick there. In other words, the sick there means everyone in that place that's sick, if they welcome you and they're willing to listen to you, heal all of them. That's what it says. It didn't say heal some sick. Heal the sick. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's never changed. And if if he were here in person... Asking us to go to Calvary, what would he be saying to us? Go, if they welcome you, heal the sick. Heal the sick. As you go into the city, heal the sick and say to them, as you're healing them, let them know the kingdom of God has come near you. Say to them, tell them that. In the same chapter, verse 17, they returned. It says, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In what name? In the name of Jesus. Even demons, they were not concerned about sickness. That was no big deal. <laughs> the way they saw it, did they heal the sick? They did. But what shocked them is demons were responding to them. These were just ordinary people those in their society that they regarded very spiritual, they were the ones that were doing that. And Jesus sent them out and they were doing it. They said, even the demons, they listened to us. When we prayed against them in your name. Now, mark the verse of Jesus. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What is he talking about? You mean at that point, when after they came, Satan was falling from heaven? No, Jesus was referring to the time Satan was thrown down from heaven. Revelation chapter twelve. Whenever the children of God go out to do God's work, we are reminding the devil of his fall. He fell like lightning. Jesus was reminded, when they went out and they said they were subject to us, Jesus remembered how he saw Satan fall like lightning. If you you read that scripture, it says, then Jesus, go down further, he rejoiced in his spirit. You read? Jesus rejoiced in his spirit and he says, God, you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent. You've revealed them to babes. In other words, babes were whipping the devil and God was rejoicing in his spirit. That's in the innermost part of his being, Jesus rejoiced because these disciples got it. And they knew they had power to talk to the devil and he listened. He reminded Jesus of his fall in Revelation chapter 12 12, verse 9 and 10. You can read that on your own. In Revelation chapter uh, 11 verse 15. Can we go there? Please bear with me. It says, then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven. Notice if you go to Revelation chapter 12, okay? It says from verse 7. Can we go back there? 7. And it says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called, notice what God did. He called him the serpent back there, going back of old. Serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. That's what he did. He was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10. Then I heard what a loud voice saying in heaven. Now, after he's been cast out, right? Now, uh, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Once Satan gets out, The manifestation of the power of our God. So the best thing, this is a secret and I'm going somewhere with it. The thing to do is get Satan out of the way. And once you get him out of the way, there will be salvation. The power of our God. Amen? There will be salvation. Strength. That's always the case. It says in verse 9, So the great dragon was cast out, and the serpent of old, called the devil. Verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of, the, of his Christ have come. Have come. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. It says, this is again. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, "The kingdom of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever." So always loud voices, loud voices. Now, in Revelation 12, he was cast into the world, right? And if you read further, this is about what was going to happen in the world because of presence of Satan. But after Jesus' death, that's different now. That's different. There's another loud voice. Jesus is now reigning on the earth. And every time you bind Satan and you cast him out, there is a loud voice. The power of the Christ appears. And there is, you know what salvation means? That's the word sozo. sozo. Means deliverance, freedom from sin, sickness, disease, poverty. All of that salvation of our God. Once the enemy is thrown out of the way. So important. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Sorry, Teresa. Teresa. Verse 3, so important. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. That's where I'm going. There's so much simplicity. But this old dragon who lies and accuses makes it so complicated. The things that are supposed to be so simple. We are being beguiled by the enemy with all the lies and unbelief. So we are not able to receive. So simple. We make it so complicated. Healing is so complicated. We're listening to the voices of, the, of, of doctors. Yes, maybe we should listen to them. But not when their voice contradicts what the world says. That's the issue here. What is the secret of power over the devil? Now, let me tell you something. Jesus will do things, and he doesn't say a lot. But there's a lot happening behind the scene that we are not seeing. And sometimes he gives certain words so we can understand what's really going on. Because things happen, and then he tells us what's happening. You remember when Jesus said, I'm going... You know the way, you know where I'm going, and you know the way. And Thomas said, we're going to know where you're going. How can we know the way, you know? We, can't, we don't even know where you're going. And Jesus said, "I." that simple question brought this truth out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If that question wasn't asked, we wouldn't have that. But Jesus will assume we should know that. But this guy asked the question, he gave him the answer. And so we, now we got this revelation. Amen? That's how you look at scriptures. Sometimes, you are not know, looking carefully, but then he says certain words that opens your eyes so you can see what's really going on here. And if you follow through, it works. Now, I want to tell you, I want to show you from the scriptures some of the things I was doing on Wednesday and on Sunday, praying for the people who had back pain. I want to show you something. The power... What is the secret of power over the devil? Two things. The first thing is the power of the Holy Spirit. First thing is the power of the Holy Spirit. Secondly is the power of the name of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the name of Jesus. They are irresistible. Satan cannot handle any of those things. Remember that God is a spirit. Everything created came from this one spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit. That's God. Satan cannot handle him. Amen? We need to know who the Holy Spirit is. Satan cannot handle the Holy Spirit. That's the secret here. Let me show you what Jesus did. Jesus had just healed a man who was blind, deaf, and dumb. All at once. And what he did was cast out his spirit. That's all Jesus did. He cast out the spirit and the Pharisees began to accuse him. They said this man does not, they were not concerned about the healing because after he cast out the spirit, the man was able to see and he was able to hear. And he was able to speak. And so the Pharisees got upset. They said, well, this man doesn't cast out demons, but by the power of Belzebub." And this is where Jesus gave us an insight into what's going on. Let me read it with you. Okay? Please take this. It says, But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Let me say that. If your house is divided against itself, husband against, you got real trouble. That family will not stand. You better, that's why I've often said that this is a side thing. If you are fighting with your husband and your wife, please find a way of peace in that home. One of the troubles is, one of them is trying to go with God. The other one doesn't have a lot of understanding. (laughs) Pray. Pray. Because one will be pulling the other one back. And it's a major fight. It's a fight of unbelief. You know, the way I see life today, if I don't understand, I'd like to talk and share. Especially if you go scripture, I'll talk to you a lot. But if I don't understand something, I'm quiet. That's why you never hear me say anything about any preacher on television. I don't know. I want to understand what they're doing. Because they may know something that I don't know. Same go with my mate. I won't fight. I need to understand what's going on here. Okay? A house divided against itself will not stand, Jesus said. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? It is his truth. If Satan is fighting against Satan, the truth is his kingdom will not stand. What that tells you, Satan has a kingdom and he wants to grow his kingdom. He wants as many people in his kingdom. And God also has a kingdom. And wants more people in his kingdom. And he's depending on you to bring them in. Amen? His kingdom will not stand. So he's constantly fighting. And Jesus said, And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. Secret, but if i cast out demons by what by the spirit of god notice when jesus cast out demons he never mentioned anything about the spirit but guess what was doing it if i cast out demons by the spirit of god surely the kingdom of god has come upon you so every demon that jesus cast out was by what power What's the power behind his work? The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit was the one doing it. The next verse is so important. Or how he said that and then he says, Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? Unless he first bind the strong man. And then he will plunder his goods. What goods? What goods we're we talking about? Sickness, disease, all of those things. Once you bind the strong man, and I was doing that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, you can get the sickness out. That's his goods. Amen? That's his goods. I need to bind the enemy first. Bind Satan. I mean, God is sovereign. Don't mean you have to notice Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say, I bind you by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the one behind it is the Holy Spirit. I need to acknowledge that because I'm using the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm using the name of Jesus, so I need to bind the enemy by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let him know I understand the power that's going to bind you and you're bound. He can't resist that. And after that, I plunder his goods. I tell the sickness, get lost. Amen? He's already bound. He can do nothing about this. The person's got to be healed. Amen? That's a secret. And that's what I was doing. I bind the devil first in the name of Jesus, and then I plunder his goods. Because right now, there's nothing to resist it. Amen? Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were what? Oppressed by the devil. Sickness is an oppression of the devil. When I bind him, I can get rid of his stuff. Of his oppression. His goods. I can get... Now, it sounds horrible to think about uh, uh, sickness being somebody's goods. But that's the devil. Sickness is his goods. So I get rid of them, in the name of Jesus. Secondly, the name of Jesus. What we don't understand is that name is so holy. The name of Jesus is a holy name. It's not like every other name. This is a holy name. So what the enemy has done is just flippant use of the name to make it like there's nothing to it. This is a holy name. And we must treat his name as being real, really, really holy. We praise the name of Jesus. God is holy. His name is Jesus. We praise this holy name. And there is no force on earth that can stand against this holy name. When we speak that name with reverence. There's no sickness, no cancer, nothing can stand in the presence of that name. If we really understand the name we're speaking. See, that's what is wrong. And that's what the enemy has done is going around, people use the name flippantly, like no big deal. We don't see anything. So we think that there is nothing much. I tell you, every time you speak that name, the angels pay attention. If you speak it in reverence. I've read so many times, people just speaking the name of Jesus over people. The name of Jesus and great miracles take place. Because the name represents the man or the God, God himself, Jesus. Just speaking his name, he's bringing him into the very place. It's as if is the one there. When you speak his name with reverence and I touch somebody in his name, it's as if he himself is there doing the touching. That's how powerful that's how powerful anything you do is in his name it's as him. but you see he's not restricted to a place so when you speak his name he's right there doing the work so important no cancer no disease can stand before that holy name no problem can resist that name it's just The believers don't know the power of his name. That's why they came back. They were so excited because they have found the power of his name. They said, even the demons, they were subject to us when we spoke your name. They got it. And Jesus said, my spirit is rejoicing. They got it. Now I can go back home. They got it. They'll do the job for me. They got the name. Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. Yeah, he's been highly exalted. But that's not the only thing. He and exalted him, and that's in addition to the exaltation, right? And giving him the name which is above every name. That's the name that's above the name of Satan. That's the name that's above sickness and disease. That's the name that's above cancer. That's the name that's above poverty. That's the name that's above problem in the home. That's the name that will heal your body. Doesn't matter what the problem is. You take that name, God gave him that name, and that name is above anything in the universe. Nothing can resist that holy name. A broken leg cannot resist that name. That leg will come back together if that name is spoken with reverence and with a lot of understanding. Now, remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said you guys were sick because you were taking the communion and you're not doing with, with a lot of reverence and they were getting sick and some of them actually died and now we use the name of Jesus without real understanding. Nothing can stand in the presence of that name. If it's negative, it's going away. we don't know that i pray for myself and for you that god will open our eyes so that we can know what god is giving to you giving to us he gave us his name no cancer can stand before that name and yet christians we act like that's why paul said you guys you act like mere men we can't sleep, we toss to and fro. we're worried with all kinds of fears, because of what has happened. We're worried about our finances. Some people hold back even from God their times, because they' are afraid. they can't trust God. They can't trust the power of the name. But that name is above poverty. Use the name. No cancer, no matter what, that name creates. That name can create. God gave him a name that's above every name. Everything on earth has a name. Even our church has a name. It's called the Earth Fellowship. The name of Jesus is bigger than that. Amen. Amen. Everything has a name. Everything. Everything has a name. But if he has a name, Jesus' name is above it. I don't care what the doctors call it. Jesus' name is above it. And Jesus' name can change it to whatever it wishes. He gave us that name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of those in heaven that's up there, anything up there, angels, whatever they are up there, once the name is spoken, you bow. Of those in heaven, whatever is in heaven, of those on the earth, if it has a name and it's on the earth, they have the power when we speak the holy name of Jesus. This name is holy. God gave him a name. This was a special thing. You know, when God says a cup is holy, that cup is holy. Mess with that cup and say, what's going to happen to you? God gave this name to us. And it represents Jesus. And Jesus said, go in my name. Go in my name. And nothing can stand. That's what God told Joshua. He said, go. No one one will be able to stand against you ever. But Jesus gave us that name. Of things on the earth and things under the earth. You know about things under the earth? Demons. Demons. They are under the earth. Sometimes God allows them for all the things that we go through just to test us so we can grow stronger in him. But not to trip us. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the the glory of God the Father. That's what it is. If it's cancer, that thing must bow so that everybody starts speaking about the great work that God's done. That's why you need to testify. When God has healed you. So everybody is rejoicing. Jesus said to the man who had the, the demoniac, he wanted to go with Jesus. Jesus said, no, 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 you don't need that. Go back and tell the whole region what good thing God's done for you. And he went and spread that thing all over. You think you'll find, you'll find that guy up there in the mountain cutting himself forever? No. Never happened. Because he's spoken. Healed. John 14, 12 and 13 says, Most assuredly, I say to you. Now, let me say something. When Jesus speaks like this, he's actually not just talking to those people there. He's speaking to you. To you. He wants to assure you. You can put your life on this. That's what he's saying. I'm backing this with my life, my blood, my name. That's what he's saying. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me—how many believers who believe in Jesus—we here—he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will—is it me there? He will do also. And this used to bother me. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Why am I so... Aura you know, Roberts, you understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that's a great man of God. As if he was not born <laughs> by a woman. Huh? He just grew up and became great man of God. And I can never touch, who that's a great man of God. That's the mistake we are making. And all these people are trying to tell us, you can do these things. You can. You can. Try it. You might like it. (laughs) You might like it. And you probably get addicted to it. Amen. They have to beg you. Don't you have another thing that you have to do in the name of Jesus? Why do you have to keep doing this stuff? Hmm. It says, most assuredly, that means he's not going to lie to you if you believe in him, is there any other condition here? Any other condition? No. Just be a believer. The works that I do, Jesus called what the miracles, he did his works. He said to his disciples, if you don't believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, believe me for the very works sake. In other words, the miracles you've seen me do, let that help you to believe that I am. And he's telling us tonight, everybody say tonight, He is telling us tonight, you believer, that you can do the same works that he did. And he cannot lie to us. The same works that I do, he or she will do also. And greater works than these, he will do because I go to my father. In other words, he goes to be united with his father. And then that scripture comes back to me. John chapter 14 verse 20. In that day. Now he's united with his father right? In that day you will know. That I am in the father. And you are in me. And I am in you. In the father. In Christ. Basically. God. If Jesus is in the father. Okay. And. And. Jesus is in me. Guess who is with me? Who is in me? The Father also. You can't separate Jesus from his Father, right? Now, please don't go out and say, Pastor Goodluck, say he's God now. (laughs) That's what you hear in the church. But you see, the enemy recognizes that when you have that understanding and you carry yourself that way. The demons recognize that you know the truth. Amen? And then you can handle them. He says, and what, this is the next thing. After he told us that, notice what he said. In verse 13, he says, and whatever you ask in my name. In other words, the works are going to be done in what? My name. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Remember, glorified in the Son again. That's what he's saying. whatever you ask in my name that word ask actually means demand whatever you demand in my name i jesus will do it you do the same works but i'm the one doing it you demand it in my name i'll do it you ask the leg to grow and i will make the leg grow whatever you demand in my name i will do it i shortly i'm telling you i'm telling you the truth If you believe in me, what you see me do, you do the same thing. That scripture used to bother me because I'd never seen any blind eye open. Just read it in the scriptures. Or was in a place where they came out and they were blind. (laughs) I wanted to see it happen. I wanted to see somebody that's truly deaf. And let me watch God heal them. But thank God, by the grace of God, I've seen that. But that's not because I'm a preacher. That's because I'm a believer. Amen? And you are a believer. And we all can do it. When one person is doing it, just few get help. But again, I said on Sunday, it's not about the miracles. What is really driving this is, it's, 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 have you ever listened to somebody who's been suffering with fear, with fear because they've been suffering something for four years, five years, ten years, and no hope? They've taken all the medicine. And then you pray just a short prayer and they're free. Now they can go home and sleep and rest. That gives me a lot of peace and joy. They're free. They're free. The trouble is, is he going to return? No. They do return. And that's why Jesus said, don't go back in. Don't go back there. Jesus will give a command. And we can do that. I'm going to close with this. Demons are responsible for some diseases. You have to understand that. And don't ask me how this works. If the person is possessed or the demon's outside, I don't know. I just know that demons are responsible for some diseases. Doesn't mean the person is the demon is in the person's spirit, but sometimes. The demon is the result of it. Now, a demon is different from Satan. God supplies us with the power. The demons have no real power. They get all the authority from Satan. So what I do is cut off Satan by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's bound. Now his demons are vulnerable. I can get rid of them. Easy. Easy. Easy i'm going to give you a secret here i used to struggle with demons sometimes they'll tell me back um they'll say something like i have been here for the past 15 years i'm not coming out and i'm looking like okay what am i going to do now he says it's not going to come out (laughs) and he's using the person's mouth and I said, "Come out in Jesus' name," and he goes right I'm not coming out. It was a strange voice. <laughs> Those days, early days, it used to really bother my mind. I'm sleeping, and I can still hear that voice in my head. You know, He <laughs> say, "Oh Lord, I don't want to hear that." <laughs> but I found something. I taught Pastor Paul the same. So easy. Let me tell you what God showed me. Okay, I tell the person, call the person, David. Not you, brother. <laughs> he comes and yes. I said, tell him to go. Tell him to leave you. You don't want him anymore. They're looking at me, say, what's that got to do with this? I said, tell him you don't want him. And once they tell him that, I turn around and I say, now he says he doesn't want you, knock come out. And guess what? They leave. You know the principle there? Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice, you open, he'll come. in. Even God cannot come into your life if you don't want him there. And if God cannot come into your life if you don't want him there, what devil can come into your life if you don't want him there? Sometimes they are afraid and Satan has told them, if, they, if, you, if you let us out, we'll come back and we'll kill you. And the person knows their power because he has been in them. And so they are afraid. But when they see a man of God and they know this man knows what he's doing, they are willing. Then usually, usually when you go to this crusade, they've seen a lot of healing, okay? So they really believe you are a man of God. So they come for freedom. And so it's easy for me to say, tell him to leave you. And they're glad. And once they say that from the mouth, I say, now he says he doesn't want you. <laughs> now you got to leave. No struggle. Guess what? They either tear the person one time or they just quietly leave. And you can see the relief come on the person's face. So easy. The power of the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus. There are no big demons or small demons. You can handle them. Now, some sickness is a result of demons. Let me give two scriptures here Matthew 12, verse 22, 23. It says, then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, that's the one I alluded to the first time, blind and mute, meaning he was both deaf and couldn't speak. And he healed them so that the blind and mute man uh, both spoke and saw. And all the multitude were, were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? This was the same place, and if you read further, then they started saying, he cast out the demons, by the power of Beelzebub but notice they brought the man was blind jesus didn't heal the blind like he did making clay he cast out the devil and when the devil left the blindness was gone and the man could both hear and speak this is the secret when i found this out i realized oh i can Make the deaf. If he's just a devil, I've cast out devils before. I've tried this on this deaf one. Amen? Put your finger in there. You heard me do this. It's fun for me. It's like you're playing a game. But God's right there. Put your finger in there. While you can see the mother of so anxious, wondering, please God heal. And you put your fingers like playing, And I say, in the name of Jesus. I command you demon, come out and take my finger out so he has room to get out. And then I go behind the person and do this. And they can hear. I do this. I say, clap your hand when you do that. The number of times. They do this. And everybody, we got a miracle. Because it was just a simple demon that was making the person deaf. Let me say this. I believe that most incurable diseases are as a result of demonic oppression. The demons behind them. I really believe that. If it can't be cured, no medicine, God doesn't do anything like that. When God created your body, he put your immune system to fight diseases. Because that's the way God is. And if there is a disease that your immune system cannot work, that's not from God. That's from the pits of hell. It's a demon that's behind it, and I can talk to the demon. And when they listen, when they leave, sometimes immediately, the person can hear. Or whatever the disease is, they can be healed. If it's incurable, that didn't come from God. God doesn't do that to anybody. Why would God put something like that, make you suffer? God's not that. He made his son suffer, so we don't have to go through that. So we don't. I know it's a demon. So if I can bind the demon, again, the same principle goes. If the person doesn't have understanding, you're trying to bind the demon, okay? Like I did, the demon won't come out because this person has something there that the demon is attracted to. Because they'll tell you they have a right to be there. I've heard that. There was a man that was telling a story of somebody casting out a demon in Georgia. And the demon said... it was an immoral demon and the demon said, I'm not coming out. He has my property. And the man said, he yelled his name, Samuel. I don't remember the name. And the guy, you know, says, oh yeah. He says, he said he's not living because you have his property. And the guy said, what property? What demon thought? Oh, I got some, playboy under my bed (laughs) that's his property you're gonna burn it when you get home the guy said yes i'll burn it when i get home and right after that they said the next prayer the demon was gone they are so territorial they don't want to leave that's why jesus said when a demon is gone out of a man he goes walking on dry ground because he really can't get into any other person I heard crazy stories like, don't cast out the devil around children. They will go into them. And I said, well, if he's dumb enough to go into the children, I'm coming after him again. You never see that in scripture. Demons don't come out of one person and go into another person. They don't have the right. You have to invite them in by your actions or by your words or something. It doesn't happen that way. Maybe a curse running in the family. You break the curse, get the devil out, and you're healed. These things are real easy. I want to open myself so I share things with you. Amen? And you can go try them out. So, generally, I find, talk to the person. I call it counseling time. Find out their roots. What's going on? What happened here? How did this gap there happen? Does this run in your family? Is breast cancer? Whatever it is, does it run in your family? What's going on? Let's break the curse. Is that difficult? No. Use the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Bind the devil. Break the curse. That's when you plunder his goods. Amen. Break the curse and then command that cancer. Whatever it is to leave the person? And God does the miracle. To him be all the glory. To him be all the glory. I hope you're getting something out of this tonight. It's so important. It's so important. So we know how to handle these things. We know how to handle these things. I'll read the scripture and I'll close. I know I'm taking your time today. Please forgive me, okay? (laughs) Um, And he was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out. Notice he was casting out a demon. And guess what the demon's name was? Couldn't speak. The man was dumb because the demon was a mute demon. There are demons, and Jesus dealt with them based on what they were doing. There's the blind one, you deaf and dumb spirit, Jesus said, come out of the man, or this was a mute spirit. And so that's deaf and dumb. He was casting out that demon, okay? And it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke, and the multitude were amazed. How did Jesus approach it? He just cast out the devil. And the person was healed. It doesn't matter what's going on. You can ask, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. After I've cast out the devil, and if the person cannot hear, uh, it could be there are some things that have been damaged by this demon in the ear. Well, God creates new, he has new parts. So I will tell God to create new parts. And then I try it again. Sometimes we quit so fast. Especially in America. We got everything McDonald's type. Give it to me real fast or I'll go to the next place. But you can stay there until God heals the person. That's what I like to do. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop here tonight. Next time, I'm going to go. I want to talk about Paul's thorn. How many have heard about Paul's thorn? Uh-huh. Have you heard that Paul was sick? Okay, we're going to debunk that theory based on Paul's own words. Okay, Paul was never sick. And that's a lie from the enemy to make you accept sickness. If he lies to you, did God say, But Paul had this. So who am I? And so you let it be and he can attack your body. Stand up with me tonight. That was pretty long. I apologize. <laughs> I really apologize. Please forgive me, okay? <laughs> I know you guys are kind enough. You've forgiven me. If you want, I'll pray for you. <laughs> but if you're sick in the body, can you come up? Okay. Hmm.